Hey, all. Welcome to the Sports Experience Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Quinn, with my other host, uh, Dom Ditola. And we're just a couple of comics who love sports, talking sports, and we're just going to continue to talk sports. So <laughs> this episode, we're talking about Sean Kemp. The Rain Man. Yeah. And a uh, big reason why we're doing this episode is a fellow Tucson comedian, Ali Musa, had uh, suggested uh, he'd be a great subject, which he was. And I uh, also wanted to give a shout out to uh, Ali and his fantastic podcast it's called the ollie usa podcast you can find that on spotify apple and wherever podcasts are listened to yeah ali uh musa just won the tucson best comedian well deserved so yeah. gotta give a shout out for that and a special thank you because this was a great research this was a great research topic absolutely yeah. sean kemp is just one of those guys where his career just kind of went in different directions went so. in different directions but still uh still an interesting character i felt like he was really uh um, given the short end of the stick a lot of the time. He was really given bad. He was. So we'll start with him in high school. Yeah, uh, born... Uh, November 26th. November 26th, 1969 in Elkhart, Indiana. Yep. Elkhart, Indiana. And Indiana's a, just a huge basketball state. Yeah. So I mean, we'll... Hoosiers. <laughs> yeah, we'll get back into this yeah. because he is essentially the greatest, or he's essentially the best basketball player in, in high school yeah, four-year varsity starter. I mean, he the second he arrived on his high school campus, he was a star. Yeah, yeah. and in his senior year, a lot of people thought he should have been um, given this award, Mr. Basketball of, of Indiana. 1988, yeah, Mr. Basketball. And really was not given it, people think, because he committed to going to the University of Kentucky. Yeah, there was a lot of kind of dirty politics um, behind that. Um, his high school coach, Jim Hahn, had kind of said that, is that since he wasn't going to play at Indiana or Purdue or Notre Dame or any of the schools within the state, um, a lot of the media who votes on this completely shunned him. And Which is crazy because he was like top scorer, top rebounder. And it was like, if you watch any of these he was the best player in Indiana. Yeah, no, and the guy that ended up winning it ended up going to Purdue. Yeah, so, obviously. Yeah, so, you so see, I mean, it's it's unfortunate that he didn't win that because it is a prestigious title, but you know that he's on to bigger and better things after dominating at uh, at the high school level. But um, I feel like it's that first kind of like spur in his in his saddle where yeah, he, it just shit just goes against him constantly. But he keep but he keeps moving forward to his credit. Um, he ends up enrolling at the University of Kentucky, like you had said. Yep. The problem for Sean is is that while he's not, you know intellectually inferior to anybody he can't score high enough on the sat to qualify to meet the minimum academic standards to play a sport however because he is on scholarship there is a special rule at the time i think it's still in play today but at that time it was called prop 48 proposition 48 which basically says if you can't score high enough on the SATs, you can still go to these schools, you can still go to college, but your freshman year, you have to academically qualify to stay at that college level, A, and B, you are ineligible to play and you lose a season of eligibility. Yeah, so it's not like they redshirt him. No, and, he's not redshirted. He doesn't get that luxury. And they're essentially on academic probation. So yeah. they, they just have to show that they can do what what is needed in a college setting and a lot of famous athletes that that had happened to in that during that time period i know junior say i was a very famous example at usc but yeah kemp kind of falls into that category and his first year in kentucky when he's not able to play basketball and his coaches even said like 
Honestly, looking back, I thought he should have gone to either Europe or just gone to the NBA, but there wasn't that precedent set. No, there wasn't that path that he needed, which was straight to the NBA, and which it was he, he very was rare. ready for. It was like Moses Malone or Chocolate Thunder Dawkins, and that was it. And that was it. But Kemp he, he definitely came, had the talent. Yeah, he came like five, six years too early. He really did. Yeah. I mean, because he had he been drafted, you know, or had he entered, uh, was out of high school in like 98? Oh, God, he would have been in you know, a number lottery. one, number yeah, two. Yeah, seriously. But, but that, this also kind of goes into his favor because he gets drafted lower than he really should have. Yeah. So let's, we'll continue with we'll, college. We'll continue into that. But yeah, his first year at Kentucky, he runs into some issues that aren't academic related. Yeah. Where, uh, you want to get into it? Now? Well, he, the coach's son accuses him of stealing gold chains and then pawning them for like 700 bucks or some shit like that. Yeah. And he's basically leaves the school because of it. And the problem is, is Eddie Sutton, Hall of Fame coach for Kentucky, later at Oklahoma State, his son, Sean Sutton, had some gold chains stolen from him. Sean said Kemp didn't even take them. Yeah, he got misinformation from the, like this third party that was involved with them. And Sean pretty much just like, this guy was like, hey, I got some gold chains. Will you pawn them for me? And Sean was like, okay. Yeah, that, extra that, money in my pocket. Yeah. I obviously am not making money, especially not even playing because boosters aren't paying me. Exactly. Yeah. So... He ends up leaving Kentucky just after a semester. Yeah. He's gone. Like after a year, he's gone. And he ends up at Trinity Valley Community College uh, in Texas, Which oddly is enough. weird. Yeah, it was a weird... And he doesn't... And the, the, the odd thing about that is, as far as going to Texas, is he didn't even play basketball at the community college level. No. And, you know, he's a year out of school and hasn't played basketball, like competitively, what does he decide to do? Like, what are you going to do with your life? Are you going to get into another school? Like, what is Sean Kemp going to do? And I'll tell you what Sean Kemp does. In 1990, uh, yeah, 1990, he decides to uh, go to the NBA. Which is what he really needed to do. I feel like he was just pretty much biding his time going to this community college to until the 89-90 draft came along. And yeah. then he was like, look, this is mine. And like I alluded to earlier, he gets drafted lower than what I think he would have been drafted if he had played that one year of college. Yeah. Or even if he came straight out of high school, I think he would have been more heavily recruited. Yeah, the, the teams would have been on him because the media hype train would have been on behind him and they would have been like, oh, there's this high school player who's 6'10", 240 pounds that can just dunk with the best of them. Yep. You know? And yeah, the 89-90 draft, he slips to the 17th overall pick, which is honestly kind of a good thing. Oh, for, for him, him, definitely. Because he's going to a team that's not in a crappy situation obviously the sonics aren't as dominant as they'll become with kemp but he's going to kind of a stable type of franchise he doesn't have to be the star right away which you kind of see in his first year where he's only has one start in 81 games yep he's really being mentored by a veteran michael cage that first year in seattle and they brought him along the right way they really did not having that year of college having that year off competitive they essentially put him on the bench for that first year. They redshirted him. They, they redshirted him. Only it was perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then that second year, he becomes the rain man. Yeah. Like, I mean, his first year in the NBA, he averaged less than 14 minutes a game. Yeah. And to be fair, when you have raw talent that just isn't there yet, that's kind of a good thing because you have the patience. They had actual patience with him yep. to do that. And to 
to build him into their system. Yeah, to be that power forward center that they desperately need in the front court that can be a dominant force in the NBA, which the six-time All-Star was. Yeah, well, this is when we see that power forward 6'10 guy become, like, I feel like this is that era where they're just so great, where the center now has become seven one seven two. Yeah. So that so that six ten guy gets moved down to power forward. But then he's but then unlike a lot of those guys, Kemp can run the floor. Oh, in the in, in Seattle. Yeah, exactly. I mean <laughs> But yeah, no, he is so such a a different player from Seattle to the Cavs because he was such a great team player running the floor yeah. in this offense. Gary Payton, yes. guys like that around him. I mean, because yeah, ninety ninety one comes and then he starts really the team makes the playoffs. He's averaging over 15 points a game. He's got 10.8 boards a game. Sean Kemp was good for a double-double a season, like for a season average for like seven, eight years in a row. For his entire Seattle career, obviously, except for the first game where, in which they were first, red, yeah. redshirting him. But is I saw that his entire Seattle career, he averaged a double-double. Yeah, he's basically between 16 and 20 points a game and 10 to 12 boards. Yep. Yeah. It, it's exactly what you want from that player which is why Seattle and the this Western Conference in this 90s was so Oh, the so Western Conference. Because every it wasn't like you had the one dominant team like the Bulls. Nope. You had like five or six really good teams who would duke it out every yep. year. That and, had two or three great players. And they were so interesting. The, all the series went six or seven games. Yep. I mean, they were so competitive and so much fun to watch. I and, felt like it was uh, kind of like the early, I don't know if you watched basketball on the bubble this year, but the, the Utah-Denver series. Yeah. Yes. reminded me of that was exactly like, this is like a great yeah series between two lesser if you will teams yeah no and at, by 1991 they're really starting to acquire the type of talent to make deep postseason runs because not only have gary payton hall of famer yep. eddie johnson michael cage ricky pierce uh Derek mckee dana barros nate mcmillan uh and uh what was that guy's name Oh, yeah, Nate McMillan. They had a couple other guys I'll get to later. But yeah, they lost to the Jazz in the Western Conference semifinals. Yep. So, I mean, so they're putting these pieces together, and Sean Kemp is becoming a highlight reel. Oh, that, he, he totally is. That's by the other thing. Uh, the announcer for the Sonics, Kevin Calabro, came up with the nickname Rain Man. That's yep. how kind of everybody knows him. That's his very famous nickname because, God, he brought the rain down whenever he got near the rim. Jesus. It was the era of posterizing a guys because guys would stay in to block the shot. Oh, totally. And they would get either you know dominated or it, it it's makes for some of the greatest visualization of a dunk there are so many pictures of sean kemp just dragging his balls across some poor center's face on the way to the uh, on the way to the uh, hoop it's the crazy. only one that really takes because he hangs on the basket a bunch he's kind of known for that the yeah. only one that really thinks that it's funny is rodman he's oh, literally yeah. like hanging on rodman <laughs> rodman's just standing there like i, I don't because that's a typical a dennis rodman response yeah he's yeah. just like you're not gonna get under my skin that's like the opposite of how i roll but uh, 92-93, and this is – Kemp is going crazy. He's at 17.8 points per game, you know, 10.7 rebounds. The perfect power forward. Perfect power forward, and the Sonics are loaded. Yep. And they're making a deep postseason run. Unfortunately, it ends with the Suns in the Western Conference Finals in a seven-game series. I, if you've never watched it, go back and watch it because it is just up and down, yep. so much fun to watch. This is the Charles Barkley Suns team with all that talent on them. I mean, it is – man, the Western Conference was fun in that era because that's yeah. when I was actually really into basketball. Yep. <laughs> yeah. The I think the four teams that you, you see from this era is the Suns, 
the Jazz, the Rockets, and the C- and the Supersonics. And I was about to call to, them the Seahawks. Yeah, right. <laughs> to a lesser extent, the Spurs as well. Yes. With David yes. Robinson. Yeah. And, and Sean Elliott. Yeah, I Sean gotta, Elliott. Got to give a shout oh, out to Sean. Dude, love Sean Elliott. Um, but they won 55 games yes. that year. So you can tell that like, okay, Barkley's getting kind of older. This is the new team. This is the hot team. Because the next year they go out in 93-94 and they have an NBA best. Because Jordan's gone. Everything is wide open 93-94. That... That year must have been so crazy because... Oh, God. Everyone thinks they have a chance. Yes. Especially in the Eastern Conference. But in the Western Conference, you're like, oh, Jordan's not at the end? If we make the finals... We can win. We're in. Yeah. yeah. We, we could win this. We could do this. And they they went 63-19. and 19. I mean, yes. they were... I remember watching those teams, and they were the best team in the NBA, especially when with Jordan out. With and, Gary Payton's defense, and sh- they were, like you said, the best team. Hey, everybody. Just want to take a quick break to uh, let you know that our sports experience podcast is brought to you by Engel Studio here, and uh, they're here in Tucson for all your recording needs. And because 92, 93, and 93, 94, they also add in a veteran Sam Perkins, and you get a budding Kendall Gill. And Kemp in 93, 94, 18.1 points per game. 10.8 10.8 rebounds. I know I keep bringing this up, but like that's what he's good for a night for yep. you. And if you have that every night, you have a really good chance of winning a basketball game. Unfortunately, and this well, is the first time that this has ever happened in NBA history, and I remember because I was living in Denver, it's a 1-8 matchup because the Sonics are the one seed, and they lose their first-round playoff series to a vastly outmanned but very gritty Nuggets team. And the main image you will always see from this series is at the very end, Dikembe Mutombo holding the basketball and screaming because they pulled off the upset of upsets. Yeah. And they won the game five because it was a best of five series in Seattle. Yes. And that was, if you talk about Sean Kemp's career, that's probably the one that he would say would got away from him. You know, and that's, it's kind of his career starts to take not a dive after that, but it starts to go down a little. So in 94 though, 94 summer, he wins a gold medal, a yeah. gold medal at the, at uh, FIBA, at World the FIBA Games. championship. Yeah. 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 Um, but after that you see the 95, 96 season and they are yeah by 95 96 again still the, the same team they're the same team as 93 94 but after a disappointing 94 95 where they lost again in the first round to yes a, to a lakers team magic probably played on that team uh but uh oh yes or probably. it was right before he came back but yeah 95 96 they were 64 and 18 a yes. game even better but this and, is when they finally put it together in the postseason and and it was cool because that season they were one of the only teams to beat the Chicago Bulls in the regular season in that yep. 72 and 10. I mean, you could tell that they were the best team in the Western Conference running away. And they had finally put it together. Yes. I they mean, finally. They, and that Western. Don't lose in the first round. Yeah. Which is, which is ridiculous because they were so great in the regular season for like three years. And then. But that, um, what's it called? The, uh, the Western Conference finals against the Jazz that year where they beat them in seven is also a phenomenal series. And Kemp played 
amazing. I yeah. think he had like 23 and 12 average or something like he Yeah, his he always shined in the postseason yes. if you look at his statistics. Um but yeah, again, 19.6 points per game, 11.4 rebounds per game. And you add that with Gary Payton and the rest of that loaded roster. I think Detlef Shrimp ended up on that team. He yep. was a great player. I I love Detlef Shrimp. What a what a great little pick right there. But they uh they advanced to the finals for the first time. For the first time with Sean Kemp and Gary Payton and that core of players. And they run into Jordan. Yep, Jordan's back. And the Bulls. And they go down 3-0 to zero in the series. Yeah. And then fight back. They win the next two. They actually force a game six, but then it's Father's Day. Jordan goes out and does Michael Jordan, as everybody knows, and it's over for Kemp and the Sonics, and it's kind of over for Kemp with Seattle for good at that well, point. Well, this is what's so sad about this team is i feel like the years in which they could have won where jordan was gone they go out in the first round yeah jordan comes back and they're like this is us and they i mean there there just wasn't beating michael jordan in that era one of my best friends and i we actually discussed this before and he brought up a really great point how many amazing players did jordan leave ringless through his dominance drexler no, Drexler won with Houston. Oh, he did win one. But yeah, uh, Sean Kemp is one. Stockton and Malone. Stockton and Malone. Was, other ones. Yeah. yeah, Charles Barkley. I mean, you look at that dream team. Patrick Ewing is another good example. I mean, you look at that dream team. How many of those guys are the 50 greatest players in the NBA who don't, don't have titles yeah. specifically because of Jordan's dominance? Because Jordan went for six. But uh, yeah, the... Uh, 96-97, they're trying to come off it, and this is kind of Kemp's last hurrah with the Sonics. So, Well, let's get into this, because he signs a contract in 94. Yes, this is important, yeah. Um, he signs a contract extension in 94, and then the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement that they had with the players' union, made a rule that you couldn't renegotiate contracts for three years. Yeah. Which... People say that Sean Kemp knew exactly what he was doing when he signed it. Other people say he didn't know what he was doing, and he kind of got he bad got advice. bad information from some of his handlers from yeah. from his agents. Yeah, um, and this is when it's it almost parallels the Scottie Pippen thing yes. in Chicago, where you have an all star player, one of the best players in the game, who is making money not commiserate with his talent and productivity not even close and yeah and like and again with pippen and kemp it's the same type of thing and they get pissed off well, rightfully so even this, though they did sign the contract yes well this is when the money gets injected into the nba yeah, finally by the mid 90s yes yeah. and the contracts that they signed two or three years ago would have been great now they're almost nothing insulting they are they really are because and he feels throughout this entire season very very what's the word i'm looking for salty salty yeah. he's really salty at management he's salty at the rest of the league seeing all this money being thrown around and he can't get a slice of pie and he's really salty at the front office because they paid basically a do-nothing front court guy jim McElvain, like 30 i think it was 33 it's, or 37 million dollars it's 33 over seven years that's what it was and he yeah. was so unbelievably angry at this because they wouldn't renegotiate for him but they went out and gave this guy like 
like literally two or three times more than he did. And I'm pretty sure this guy was either the backup center. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was he was a guy they thought could be decent, but yeah. had no productivity, no, no history of productivity. And Kemp sits out like 20 days of training camp because he's that mad. And you can tell that his attitude is really affecting the, the 97 team. season. He's showing up late almost every single time missing practices like you said he held out for a long time preseason yeah he is really struggling mentally at this point so and it, it carries over and you know to the rest of the team well i want to bring up this this they they end up playing dallas and they end up beating him but they bench kemp for like the second half because he's awful yeah and for the week leading up he missed like he was like late to one practice like he missed like half of it and then he didn't show up to another oh, practice God. so gary payton being the captain of the team calls a team meeting kicks everybody out including the coaches and they're like what is happening and that's when sean kemp confides in them that he's having substance abuse problems oh yeah because that's always kind of affected him and we'll get into that into the jailblazer years and this yeah. well this is where he first admits to it and it's not showing it's only showing on his professionalism. It's not showing on his physique. Yes, because so, he's built like a Greek god. Yes, yeah, so he's yeah. doing a bunch. He's drinking a shit ton. So he has a problem with alcohol, and then we find out later that he has a problem with cocaine. Yep. So in this era, he's pretty much partying all night and showing up whenever the hell he wants, and and still getting a double double a night, which is unbelievable. That's, that's what that I love. Insane. Dude. But that's why the Sonics are still able to make it a trade with him. That's kind of viable. Yeah, because after I mean after the season he still put up great stats. He's over 18 points a game and 10 rebounds. But it's just completely unprofessional. That's the only thing and that's why Sonics the SuperSonics really want to get rid of him, not because his of his productivity, but because he's a problem in the locker room. Yeah, and what they end up being able to do to the Sonics credit, they pick up Vin Baker from uh the Bucks who also had some substance abuse and weight issues in his career. Yep. And uh, Tyrone Hill goes to uh, Milwaukee, and Sean Kemp ends up in Cleveland. He goes to the Cavs, and this is pre-LeBron Cavs. So the the blue, the light blue Cavs. Oh it's man, like, those jerseys I, are insane, dude. I what love I those. think of them, they're just like uh, the baby blue guys. Yeah, I can still see that logo on NBA Jam. Oh my god, yep. right? Oh. Yes, no, the NBA Jam. That's perfect. But he goes to the he goes to the Cavs and he's still producing. I mean, the, his first year there, they they made the playoffs. Still, I mean, still, really, he and I heard um, this talked about. He becomes more of a selfish player. He does, but he kind of has to be but because he doesn't have the team around. He him. He doesn't have the team on. around him. Yes, yeah. so he has to. His points go up a little bit, and just his production still is is great. But they say that he gains twenty five pounds every single off season and can't get it off with the calves. Yeah. Like it, during the lockout year, the following year, oh, the lock, yes. 99, they were saying he was showing up over three bills. Well, this is, camp. this is what I think is kind of messed up is they reported him coming in at two eighty, and then yeah. the GM goes, that's it. Yep. The GM goes, look, he actually came in at like three fifteen, oh, and it God. was like, Whoa. And you look at him, you're like, yeah, he was like seriously overweight. Yeah. And even at six ten. There's good 315, like an offensive lineman who's like 6'8". Six, six, no. 6'10", it was a bad 315. We brought this up with Shaq. What type of player Shaq would have been if he kept the weight off? The exact same thing, I feel like, with Sean Kemp. Yeah. He could have been this power forward, which, I mean, he was still amazing, amazing production. But, un but, but unlike Shaq, Kemp just 
couldn't keep it together. No. He couldn't keep it together enough because Shaq had no like off court no, not, issues yeah. to the extent of Kemp. And yeah, you can fit 330 on a 7-1 frame yep. if you are that dominant and you keep in some sort of physical conditioning. Yeah, he was really just not in any kind of physical shape, which I I have to give it to him for these productive years at, in Cleveland. But because that's, that's what's amazing. That lockout year, he had the highest points per game of his career, a 20.5. Yep. I mean, even then, he's still an all-star, still a great player. But the public doesn't know that that type of stuff is happening. It's, it hasn't come to light. It yeah. hasn't been made known, so... So it, he's pretty much looked on as a lazy player that's not putting in the effort. Yeah, that was kind of the big knock on him. I remember growing up, everyone was just like, yeah, he's dominant, but like, you know, really? Yeah, <laughs> which you look back and it's substance abuse. And then you start feeling bad. Yes. Because you're like, oh, man, it's the wheels are coming off. And I think the fact that the Cavaliers weren't very good and yep. he's not around like his friends in Seattle because he has a great relationship with the city. I think that really massively affected him too, to the point like, why do I have to give a shit? Yeah, as well, long as I show up and get paid. We see it; it affects the franchise. I wonder if Seattle would have still been there if they could have won one of those championships, or if, you know what I mean. There's so many what ifs. I think I think they win ninety three, ninety four, the whole shebang of bang because they'll beat Houston, yeah, easily, and they'll beat you know the whoever Knicks. out of the East, yeah, yeah. the Knicks that year. Um, ninety five, ninety six, not as good of a chance, but I think. I think if they win that 93-94 championship, not only does Sean Kemp stay and maybe even become a Hall of Famer, I think the team stays in Seattle. That's what I mean. It could have been a completely different turn for this franchise if they just didn't go out in that first round. There is no Oklahoma City Thunder, yeah. everyone. <laughs> Which isn't a bad thing. Which isn't a like, who's No, no, no. <laughs> um, it, it's just crazy because I feel like his resentment towards basketball really shines through in the caps like he's like i he has almost a jay cutler attitude about it yeah and it, it, everything i've read it kind of comes off as like i don't give a shit yeah right. no seriously though and you can't necessarily blame him for the way he was treated which sucks because of the contract disputes because of essentially not winning a championship in seattle and i feel like the lack of rehab for these guys mid-season so there's a lot of yeah. help for them post-career post-season mid-season it's more just like get keep your head down and get through go through this. the motions yeah yeah and i mean 99 2000 they missed the playoffs again and even though he plays and starts in all 82 games and puts up great stats you can just tell that the the fire isn't there with him i thought that was crazy that that was the only time he started 82 games i know right and he looks out of shape yeah it, it's it's for for amazing. what you look like in seattle not no. i mean not out of shape like i look but you know what i mean oh yeah i know what you mean <laughs> but it's sad because his career right after that just never even resembles anything like he was because yeah cleveland's done with him after 2000 and then he goes to a actually a contending team actually near seattle he goes to the portland at that time putting together the jailblazers who yep. are really good and i say jailblazers because a lot of players getting arrested. A lot of players with issues. Yep. Um, was that the era that Damon got? Oh yeah, with the weed with at the, the Tucson weed, airport, and he yeah. had like a pound. And mm -hmm. you're just like, why do you have that much weed 
Well, it, it, it's that's not what surprises me. What surprises me is to think you can go through a metal detector wrapping your weed in aluminum foil. Yeah, he just didn't give a fuck. No. Yeah. Oh, it's Tucson. I don't. It's care. Tucson. Come on. <laughs> he probably did it a bunch of times and got through. But I'm sure you're he right. Did. He went to this Trailblazers team, but this is when his substance abuse really. This is when he goes to finally ends up having to go to rehab because yep. that season is, ends up being cut short because he has to go to rehab for cocaine and alcohol and marijuana. Yep. Which. Marijuana rehab, I don't get, but cocaine and alcohol, goddamn right, you better go. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure they just throw everything in at that point that you do, and they're just like, ah, whatever. And the thing is, is he's like a shell of his former self, and the other problem is, is he's playing on a team with that type of talent, like so, so loaded. Because the year before, they should have gone to the finals instead of the Lakers. Yeah. But he's only average like he's averaging half less than half of his rebounds and points per game totals he's a bench player he's a bench player he's a he's a rotation player at this point yeah and you 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 just see how far the slide goes in such a short amount of time yeah you can't even believe it well i feel like this is when the weight him being overweight and the substance abuse finally catches up to him because he really was such an, a great physical condition that he could beat himself up for three years and then it you know yeah and then the worst part is is his former gm for the sonics comes in the year later um to portland and tries to resurrect his career and they he just can't do it no he can't do it and the following year they even wave him and he goes to the magic where he is on is on a decent team and he plays well i was gonna say shit together it was kind of weird when he went to the magic i feel like i felt like the atmosphere in Portland was not good for him because he goes to the Magic and plays almost the full season as a starter. Yeah. And he's not productive. He's productive, not as, yes. He's not dominant, but he's still like a viable NBA player. 8.6 rebounds or some shit like that. But yeah. you're still like, yeah, you can still play with this. But And he definitely, and, and then his career is over. Well, he tries to make. Well, so, yeah, he makes. He tries some comebacks. Yes. yes, I thought this was interesting. He he retires in two thousand three. Tries to come back in two thousand five. Um, he has a tryout with Dallas. He mm. shows up. He's overweight. He has a tryout with Chicago. He doesn't show up. Yep. And, and then, then Denver. Yeah, Denver. And he just mm-hmm. doesn't show up. Yeah. So he's pretty much overweight and realizes, hey, I can't play in this American game. So he tries to go to Italy. And then he signs with a team, but then he leaves like immediately after because his house in Houston got destroyed by a hurricane, Hurricane Ike. I thought it was interesting because I guess him and the GM of this Italian team knew each other from playing. Um, this, uh, this guy had played in the NBA, and they contacted each other, and he was just like, yeah, I just don't think it's worth you coming back. Yeah, right. <laughs> and he was just like, okay. And that's when, his, that's when his basketball career is over, and we see this other aspect of his life, which is kind of crazy, I mean, he. I mean, you have the 2005 arrest for weed and cocaine and a firearm. You have the 2006 marijuana arrest. Yes. I mean, in Texas, it's just his his life goes off the rails right after, and then he kind of starts to build it back up. Again. He does. It's yeah. interesting. It's like almost that he took a break from basketball that it ended up helping him. Yes, like he had to go through like all the growing pains and shittiness of a post NBA career, but he has ended up doing some really positive things, like fathering children. <laughs> He, well, how many does he have, Dom? Sean Kemp has seven children with six different women. And this, I found this interesting because I found articles about him being broke. And a lot of people say that... Oh, it's, it's a child support. Thing. A That's lot of his money goes to child support. I mean, one of his sons played at UW. Yeah. Played basketball at UW, good, Sean Kemp good. Jr. But yeah. Um, he earned $90 million 
um, in his basketball career. Oh, man. But to put that in perspective, I mean, half of it is going to tax, and then 12% off the top is going to your agents and shit. So, And then another however many dollars going to your children. That's what I mean. And then having seven monthly child support oh, payments or six with six whatever it is yeah um he lost and we talked about this with rocket ishmael he lost more money than a lot of people will ever see but still wasn't technically broke like, yeah he wasn't technically like poor yes it was just all the money was kind of squandered through you know fathering kids divorce bad or i don't bad, know if it's divorce but like uh bad investments yeah bad uh, economic financial advice like. well i think of the chris rock joke about oj simpson where oh he's yeah like, if i'm making five million and you take half i'm not starving mm-hmm. but if i'm making forty thousand and you take <laughs> half I might have to kill a bitch <laughs> like and that's because people are saying that he was broke but he wasn't broke he was still essentially yeah. a millionaire but he was the the outpouring of money that he was doing was ridiculous. So oh, he was, totally. He was poor for an ex-NBA player. Well, I guess not. That's even Especially tough. from that era, even though he got screwed on that contract. I mean, you can make money. If he had stayed in shape, he probably could have played another five years and made money hand over fist. Well, that's what somebody said. Came, that's why he went to Orlando, because he wanted that extra year of pay. Yeah. Because he was essentially losing so much money well andre risen said he only played an extra year in the nfl just so he could get his pension yep so you'd be eligible for that so you know there's the economic background to all of that yes I mean, definitely it's always in the in the background for it but uh sean sean's been uh doing doing well though recently i was gonna say he he had some investments like i feel like a ton of ex uh professional athletes do they're just like i have this money sitting mm-hmm. what should i invest it in restaurants and yeah. he had some failed ones and then he had like i think one that's really doing well yeah in seattle yeah and then he has a brand new investment that Which, just recently opened yeah i thought that was this is really interesting because the investments that these guys take are either sport related yeah or entertainment or food related you know? or it's a or it's a face like i'm putting my face on this and yeah. that and this is what he did he opened up um a cannabis shop in seattle or multiple ones uh the first one yeah the first uh-huh. one okay he was the first uh it's the first uh cannabis shop in seattle that's uh minority owned oh sean camp is the uh, proprietor of said establishment which yeah. i say good for you sir yeah i saw the video of him walking around in his shop and it looks great and he opened it mid-covid which is crazy yeah like it opened a week ago i think it finally like you know cut the ribbon on that stuff yeah. you know and i i commend him for doing that yes for, and, like, and being such a big part in the seattle scene you, and he was one of the guys that really tried hard to prevent the team from moving like, yes i think over time he's kind of it seems that he's realized he's mad at sonic's management and not the city and the team and he, that he, he loves, loves so much yeah. yeah he's he's a seattle guy now oh for sure but yeah that it's a interesting story that kind of has a sad end but then come sad basketball end but great overall end yeah it's it's almost like uh, almost like a shooting star type of thing where it's like where the hell did this guy come from yeah no college basketball all-star rain man Oh man, this ended poorly. Oh wait, he's doing great again. Yeah, like, I know. Hooray for Sean Kemp. If we had done this episode two or three years ago, we probably would have been like, "Man, what a what a tragic situation! <laughs> what but, a waste!" Yeah. yeah. And now you're just like, "Man, he's really putting 
uh, effort into that Seattle community. He's doing, you know, all of that. I wonder if Seattle will ever get a basketball team again. I think they're next on the list. They have to be. They have I mean, to be. The way right? that they got dicked over, yeah. And just what a big market they are. Well, not only that, they, they got a hockey team. I think I, they're playing next year. Yeah. Like, I mean, the Sonics were always in Seattle. I mean, like, they have to have a basketball team. I know. They have one of the bigger MLS teams, which I'm not an MLS fan. I'm a, a European soccer fan. But they have a huge fan base for yeah. a soccer team in America. I'm just saying. And the Sonic, I think the Sonics were the first pro sports franchise in seattle yeah i think so unless you count the pilots for baseball but they that ended poorly but yeah uh-huh so yeah good good for you sean camp yeah good for you sean camp thank you all for joining us yeah and uh we'll see you next week hey everybody this is just a stock message at the end of every episode we hope you enjoyed whatever athlete and or team that that episode was about just want to say give us a quick follow on all social media we have a youtube channel the sports experience podcast and we're on instagram Tolo dominic and myself sequin comedy so give us a follow all around um, we're always recording right here at angle studio thank you all very much